Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the show. This is White Press Play. My name is Gordo, and with me I have Stephen Elliott, Dublin comedian, former wrestler, uh, beard fashioner, and uh, my co-host for this episode of White Press Play. Hi, Steve. Hi, Gordo. How's things? Very good. Uh, this time we're going to be talking about uh, the Monster Squad. Yes. Classic eighties teen adventure monster movie. Right. Wonderful. Awesome. Brilliant. One of one, I think one of my childhood favorites, even though it wasn't a commercial success. Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't a big hitter. It wouldn't have been up there at like say the Goonies or or ET or Ghostbusters. Was the like was the Goonies up there as high as people remember? I think the nostalgia for the Goonies was more than what it made in the cinema, right? Yeah, but I think everyone knows the Goonies. Not everyone would know the Monster Squad. But that's a crime. They should that absolutely is. know the Definitely. Monster Squad. That should have been packed together as a box set years ago. Yeah. Uh, this is my time. Yeah. It's our time down here. <laughs> uh, the Monster Squad, for those that don't know, uh, is a... It's kind of like a pre-teen adventure story. It's like Stand By Me using all the old Universal Studios uh, uh, monsters and yeah your dracula is your uh frankenstein yeah creature from the blue lagoon no way creature from the black lagoon the blue lagoon is, is uh air friend yeah. <laughs> uh what's, what's denise richards denise oh yeah and her brother love it island. I, I watched the one with uh your one from um suddenly susan brooke shields brooke shields was in it was in a, a version of blue lagoon as well you got to see her bush um so monster squad 1987 uh seminal movie of of my teens anyway and i saw it on tv by accident uh and it looked like a movie that i shouldn't really be watching and i was like oh there's kids in it my age but there's also cursing yeah it was like a movie that no network really wanted to take a major chance on sticking on like friday or saturday in a primetime slot yeah it used to be on like two RT in the morning or something at two in the morning yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we had a we had and as the show goes on you'll find out about um my family's uh, random VHS recording habits. Yeah. <laughs> just like my dad would come in and go, I, I recorded a movie for you. I saw it on the paper and I just set the uh, the video plus to record like four movies la- last week. And uh, that's one of them. You should give it a look. And I'm like, thanks, dad. Have you got a podcast that could do <laughs> recommendations? Uh, so speaking of that, why press play is the show you're listening to right now. Uh, we are on all sorts of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We have a Reddit for those who want to talk about movies and have the chats. And we have a website as well, whypressplay.com. If you're looking for us on any social media, it's just why press play. Cause it's nice and handy. Uh, the, the right amount of letters. We also have a discord server for, for uh, chat and audio live shows. So if people listen to us live right now, uh, from our Patreon page and, uh, discord is like, uh, a community chat where people can come together and there's different channels and we can talk about film, TV, computer games, loads of different stuff. Uh, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash whypressplay and drop us a dollar or two or three or five or however many you have and uh, you'll get loads of extra stuff like behind the scenes videos, live shows uh, and uh, early access to content and different uh, materials that we're going to be producing as well as joining in on online games and stuff uh, with me and the other uh, white press play kids uh, there's also the ps4 and steam account perks where you'd be able to b- be friends with us on our, our ps4 and, our, and xbox and steam accounts and uh, join in on multiplayer games where we will be streaming from discord into the chat and uh, we we have live shows oh, f- fingers crossed hopefully on stage in in dublin quite soon and we also have uh, 
live watch sessions when we're watching a movie and me and Steve will be in with a bag of chips yeah. and two microphones and we'll watch the movie and you can watch it with us and we just talk shit about shitty movies. Uh, so you can get all that stuff uh, through Patreon. We're also streaming on Twitch. So hopefully uh, in the next little while we'll be getting a nice camera set up in the studio so you can actually watch the show uh, uh, live on Twitch. Um, we will be putting the, those videos and other videos including reviews and uh, you know movie breakdowns and top 10s and all this kind of carry on. We will be putting those up on our YouTube channel which is youtube.com slash whypressplay and our vidme channel as well which is vid.me slash whypressplay. Vidme is a great alternative to YouTube if you're into it so uh, go over there and have a look. Loads of great creators and you can subscribe to this podcast and any podcast player if you're listening to this somewhere out in the internet uh, or on the website or on some weird uh, tin cans connected with string CB radio fashioned device. Uh, yeah, do subscribe on the podcast player. We'll be putting out shows hopefully uh, every 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 week at least, uh, if not more frequently. So uh, there'll be loads to listen to and your favourite movie is definitely going to pop up sometime. Um, so let us know if anything we mentioned in the show you know, tickles your fancy and you want to get in contact with us. Info at whypressplay.com So that's the social stuff out of the way. And for those of you joining us over from Those Conspiracy Guys, uh, I'm that Gordo from Those Conspiracy Guys. And if you haven't listened to that show, uh, you can head over and check us out on iTunes or on our website, thoseconspiracyguys.com. It's comedy. It's conspiracy. It's all sorts of fun. Uh, and, you know, loads of dick jokes too, I guess. Yeah. This episode is going to be a lot shorter than those if you are coming over from Those Conspiracy Guys. It's a brand new experience. It's a brand new show. We're going to be talking about movies. And the whole point of White Press Play is, uh, I, I feel... Uh, it, it, it's this it's the podcast version of coming home at you know half two in the morning or three o'clock in the morning with a bag of chips under your arm kind of half drunk half stoned and you turn on the tv for something to watch while you're eating and a movie comes on that you didn't expect that you weren't prepared for and it tickles your fancy a small bit you're like hmm there's something about this thing and you watch the whole thing and you're like that was one of the best movies i've ever seen and a particular experience happened to me with from dawn till dusk do you ever watch that movie yeah yeah from dusk till dawn uh, oh yeah, I turned it on. I'd never heard of the film, Do you know, pre kind of broadband. It was like dial up internet, so I hadn't heard of this film. George Clooney's in it, Quentin Tarantino. I was like, hey, this is quite cool. It's like another gangster movie. I've seen Reservoir Dogs. They're wearing suits. Let's watch this. And eventually, it devolved into some kind of weird vampire thing. And I was fucking mad stone. I was like, oh no, is this happening? Or if I fall asleep, like, what's? Why is Harvey Keitel getting eaten? Like, it was really fucked up. And I, I, it's one of my favorite films. I thoroughly enjoyed it, the experience, and it was t- so unexpected. And I don't know if I would have picked that movie from the cover, uh, you know, or front like I seen from *Dust Till Dawn*. Quentin Tarantino, you're like, eh, I don't know. Like it was just such a surprise. It was such a nice surprise. And I kind of want to do that with this show and give out some uh, recommendations of movies you may have skipped over, you may have overlooked, you may have said, "No, I'm not into that," and not even knowing what was inside. Uh, so White Press Play is here to recommend movies, TV shows, and video games so that, uh, you know, you can spend less time looking and more time watching. Nice. That's a nice slogan. Yeah. Yeah. Less time looking and more... Which, I just, that just came in my head. Because yeah, like, we need it. A, we, this is one of our first episodes, so yeah. we need a catchphrase, right? White Press Play. Less time looking, more time watching. <laughs> That's nice. Is. There's a fucking t-shirt for you. Thanks, brain. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that out of the way... Uh, the, the the intros are quite long now at the start, but they will get more succinct as we go along when people start to figure out what the show is all about. Uh, I'll stop bullshitting and we'll get right down to it. So, Steve, Monster yes. Squad, give us the plot. This is one of our things we're going to do on the show. It's I'm called, try to it's do. called the 60 second plot. So you have to give us the plot of Monster Squad with as little spoilers as possible. Mm-hmm. But it is 1987. So if you, you, know, <laughs> yeah. if you haven't uh, seen it by now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with as little spoilers as possible, because we're trying to we're trying to entice people into the into watch the movie that haven't watched it, so we don't want to ruin it yes. for them. But also like a sixty second uh, kind of overview. So are you ready? Sixty seconds start now. So basically, the movie opens up and you're somewhere in probably Eastern Europe and it's sort of an old castle and the uh, doors get kicked in. Jeez, only sixty seconds. Jesus yeah. Christ! And you know that Dracula is in there and Van Helsing comes in. It's all going on. You see this Amelie and they say, "Let's do some stuff." They bring this chicken. She starts speaking in German. The whole thing opens up. A big portal yeah. opens up. A fight ensues and uh, skeletons start popping over. And you jump into this portal and then it all goes to black. And then we go into modern day. Maybe oh shit! Get to meet the monsters. Only twenty that? seconds. Like, hell? We meet the monsters. The first and they start doing stuff. Monsters start appearing everywhere. They start talking to the police. They start to try and find them. And you get like uh, uh, 
silver bullets and all the sort of stuff that you use to fight a monster and then you decide the to fight the monster yeah that's what the kids are doing they're, they're, they're trying to fight the monster and then you have to go to find the German guy and the German guy helps him translate Van Helsing's diary which for some reason is in their hometown Louisiana then they have a tussle with the vampire and the werewolves and the mummy and then try and open the portal again and you have to try and d- destroy the evil and there's hilarity ensues all the way through it Frankenstein's in as well is he good is he bad we'll have to figure it out I feel like I'm not in the bloody race that's it 60 seconds <laughs> wow did I get I got most you of it got, yeah. you got like a really detailed yeah. uh, the first two minutes of the movie in a really detailed yeah. <laughs> And then the rest of it's just like, it's and then just some kids and monsters. Yeah, it's hard. It is difficult. That's yeah. 60 seconds Especially when you're trying to do it spoiler free. Yeah. You know, and then you find out he's a ghost all along. Well, you can't yeah. just, there's you know. No, there's, yeah. no, uh, there's no spoilers in the first two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the credits come up and it's Dino Lidorentis production. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, that, that that's probably a, hard to listen to. No, I get it. I get it. We're yeah. going to see how those 60, some people are going to be good and some people are not going to yeah. be. Some people are going to be as awesome as me. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I didn't know how how tough that would be. Yeah, it's fun though. So we're gonna try those sixty second uh, plots with no spoilers uh, in every show. If you want to do, if you want to do one yourself on a movie, or if you want to try have a go of the Monster Squad uh, sixty second plots, no spoilers. Uh, you can join us on Anchor. Uh, which is a, a an audio app so it's anchor.com slash those conspiracy guys uh, you can download the app it's kind of like a um vo- cool voicemail yeah so you can try that go on to anchor and try and drop us one or if you want to do something on periscope and send it on twitter uh y- you can do that as well yeah i've, I've set the bar even pretty sna- high or even snapchat i don't know snapchat doesn't go 60 seconds does it i don't know no uh you can try you can try one of those anyway a- anchor is probably the best thing because you can get a good 60 seconds yeah. out and uh, see if you can do better than Steve. So the basic plot of the movie, Steve, without any time yes. or any pressure, is a group of four kids. Uh, yes. With a couple of ancillary, extra, smaller, younger kids. Yes. Tr- like, are living in a town. In Louisiana. And they have and, this little monster squad. Yeah. Where they're obsessed with horror movies and obsessed with vampires and werewolves and things that go bump in the night. And they act like it's all real, even though they have yeah. no kind of evidence to believe that. But of course, like, young people are going to be fucking fantasizing about shit and yeah. I used to draw monsters of my own design which were basically just like amalgamations of other animals stuck together in some kind of weird like a weird Dr. Moreau yeah sort of a situation but I mean that's anything any any like futuristic movie or any kind of d- devil awful horrible demon movie it, like it's like oh look it has the head of a wolf or oh look it's a fucking snake's face yeah like, that goes back to like uh you know the stories of the the greek and roman pantheon of the gods where you yeah. have like griffins and chimeras and uh pegasus you know kind of stick two animals together will create something magical but it's already an animal that exists or what have you yeah so you have like a minotaur as the head of a bull yeah like in horizon zero dawn if anyone's played that on playstation uh it's like a, a, a futuristic kind of uh, a utopian future where everyone has gone back to the earth and uh, you know modern civilization as we know it has been just engulfed again by nature and yet a, a sentient robot life force is creating uh, robots that have taken over the planet but they, they look like horses and sheep and giraffes and you know, bulls and... Is and, that the general idea? And, and those crocodiles and gazelles and crocodiles. Like, it's all like a fucking sentient robot, you know, intelligence. is like, I will make a new breed. Uh, oh, it looks like a crocodile. Like, it's like... <laughs> so it's like simulation can't... theory meets creationism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seven. They built the whole thing in seven days. But it was just like, uh, there's always an element of the familiar yes you know like when you dream uh you can't actually dream a face that you've never seen before so subconsciously when you're walking around the streets all the faces are are like flying into your head and going into your memory or if you're like watching porn like all the faces are going at you so you just have like a a, it's not the only thing that's flying into your face (laughs) a rolodex of people's faces so when you're dreaming and there's like extras it's like a person that you've already seen and there is there is something about a guy that doesn't exist that a lot of people have seen and they've drawn pictures of him. We put that up on the website. It's like a guy and he has like a unibrow and he appears in people's dreams and they Jesus. think it's the devil. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm dreaming about tonight. Thanks. <laughs> no matter. Uh, but it just seems it just seems like um, the familiar ends up being you know recreated the whole time. So these monsters that like people would draw, yeah. I'd have like yeah, it has like the body of a spider and the face of a snake and then like the arse of a of a dog and stuff like that and you're like it's a monster and you're like yeah is it though 
Yes. Like, is it not just like a mate, like a couple of animals smashed together? So these kids yes. uh, would uh, draw these. <laughs> so Sean and Patrick uh, yeah. would draw these in school and we opened the movie on the two of them getting in trouble for like, you're not paying attention in, in math class. Yeah. You're drawing pictures of monsters. And he's like, yeah, dude, but like, we have to be ready because what happens if monsters take over our town? And I'm like, oh shit, the kids foreshadowing some shit right there, yeah. man. And then they were sent home from school and then they came back in the next day with a tech nine and a <laughs> yeah. sawn up. No, they, um, <laughs> yeah, they're told they're, 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 kids they're drawing monsters, not paying attention. And they're like, yeah, we got to be prepared for the worst. And I suppose just kids' imaginations kind of hoping that something like this is going to happen. It's going to happen. Like we had a clubhouse and we used to have military drills when we were kids. Yeah. Like you're going around with your guns and your slingshots and we used to go up into the woods oh, and be ready to go. To, I thought you, you know. meant you'd have to t- take off all your clothes and like lift up your sack to get inspected that, that you weren't carrying any contraband. Every now anything. and then by uh, my uh, good friend of my granddad's used to come over <laughs> and we used to call him the colonel. Um, no, we used to go up, up into the, up into the woods time. on maneuvers like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're up there for a long time, you'd have a bell maneuver. Um, and you get accosted by junkies who enjoy Kiora so it's uh, it's a sugary goodness it was what you do as as a kid you know you, you have to be fixated on something but one of the great things about the group yeah. dynamic and the same with the Goonies and the same with other kind of like a, a coming of age group teen movies right was there was a, a, like a hierarchy in the group where you'd have a leader and then a, like a sidekick that unquestioningly loves the leader and follows him and then yeah. you'd have like the quintessential uh, uh, token fat kid and then you have like the little tag along yeah and, the little innocent one and then you had like one cool guy who was like I'm strong and you know like if push comes to shove I could buy us all beer you know this kind of guy <laughs> and when, uh, when is that going to come in as, as a problem you know what this situation needs and nagging yeah you know? yeah. why not it's like you, you have that in I suppose you have all those characters in the Goonies yeah that's the know? thing it's it's kind of like the, the staple for those you have them all in type the, of movies. the Mighty Ducks same. Yeah. Same. So these like kid group kid movies. Uh, if you can think of any more, uh, tweet us at WhyPressPlay on Twitter and think of any more uh, kid centric group of, the... of well, with the, yeah, with a hierarchy and the kids like. And one of the major, I think, draws for this movie is the un- unrepeated coolness of Rudy. Yes. And uh, Rudy was played by uh, Ryan Lampert. And I think it was, like, one of the only movies that he ever was in that, that he was that cool. And he, he kind of stopped being an actor. You know, he only made a couple of episodes of uh, Quantum Leap and, uh, I think, Murder, She Wrote, I think I read. Uh, but he wasn't in any films. He he Just disappeared. It was his... Yeah. He he, uh, he was in a, a movie called Freeze Frame with Shannon Doherty in 1992. And uh, he now is the lead singer of a band called uh, Kill Moi. And he's he's also in a band called Elephone, and he kind of moved towards Very music. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. He kind of moved towards music, yeah, rather than sticking with the acting. That makes and him even cooler. Yeah, because I mean, with the likes of um, Sean, who uh, uh, the character Sean was played by Andrew Gower, um, he stayed in the movie business and started doing an awful lot of like straight to Netflix, yeah, straight to DVD, movie. yeah, like that TV uh, movies and Earthquake Ten Point Oh, yeah. Like nanny cam, you know those kind of weird ones that sort of like, oh, this movie was really successful. Let's make a, a, a diluted yeah. version of this. Yeah, it's it, it's odd though, like how cool he was in that, and never again. And I think maybe it was like the commercial failure of this film that kind of went, oh Jesus, I can't be in anything now because I'm going to be the guy from that film that yeah. was shite. But he he arrives in, he skids in on his bike, he fucking lights a match off his heel, and he lights a cigarette, and he's like what's going on here At the, there's, there's a whole point where a uh, uh, fat kid yeah who was Horace uh, who, the Roman or the Egyptian god of war yeah, yeah. No. who's who's played by Brent Chalem and um, Lord of Mercy on Brent and uh, he's getting bullied by Wayne from the Wonder Years yeah with his little fluffy head <laughs> yeah Jason Harvey who's uh, who plays EJ and he, he was pushing him and he's like, he put a, a Snickers and he candy bar on, on the ground yeah. and he's like, you pick up you pick up your candy bar. And Rudy comes in and goes, you bully my friend Horace. And you wonder to yourself, <clears throat> why does he not have any friends his own age? And why yeah. is he sticking up for, you know what I mean? He was like fully ready to join the monster squad. And then later on, Horace meets with like Patrick and Sean and goes, guys, he wants to be in the squad. And then they go like, can you pass the test? And the test is basically like, you know, how do you kill a werewolf? Yeah, and how do you kill a vampire? You know, yeah, like, how do you kill stuff? How do you kill small animals? But I don't know if if, if Rudy's uh, main motivation was to either, uh, A, 
just get close to Sean's oh, Patrick's sister. Patrick's sister. Yeah, the blondie one. Yeah. You know, because he, he heard a lot from Steve <laughs> and he said, I might throw a length up that. Or was it like maybe he was a bully in his youth and he wanted to try and atone you know, for atone his, for his yeah. sins and sort of. There's a history to Rudy in this movie that you go like, what what's going on? Well, like, why is he so altruistically, you know, uh, uh, cooperative with this pretty childish monster squad? Yeah, they end up in a treehouse, and it's a fairly fucking sizable treehouse. Yeah, it's a smashing treehouse. Um, do you know you pay like I think sixteen hundred euro or whatever if that was <laughs> yeah. if that was in Dublin <laughs> City? Month. Yeah. Um. So like he 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 seems to be peeping on Patrick's sister, who's who's Sean's next door neighbor and yeah. best friend, and she's like getting changed and all. You don't see her bappers. But like she's fairly like quintessentially eighties hot, yeah. With the kind hair, of Debbie, the Debbie uh, Harry, Debbie ha- no, not Debbie Harry, the Debbie Gibson kind of uh, boop 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 boop. Yeah. My tits stay up on their own, <laughs> yeah. and it's like oh shit, man. Like wearing a blouse but ski pants, yeah. You know, just weird incongruous outfits. And loads of like p- p- uh, uh, lime green and yeah, or bright orange. And it, like it could be the fact that he's like, I want to get into Monster Squad to have a look at your sister's tits. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> Yeah. But as it goes on, he shows more and more commitment. And he has, like, a pretty good working knowledge of monsters. Yeah, and he has... He's a he's a badass. Later on, he he has probably one of my favourite... Yeah. Wa- stepping into the breach. Okay, well, let's... Kind let, of scenes in the movie. We'll tell you about that okay, later on. Okay, yeah, let, no, yeah. let's get into the favourite plot points now. Okay, then, good. Right, let's go, yeah. let's go now. So, like, favourite plot points. We're talking about Rudy, the character. One of my... And I think Steve is one of my favourite points. Yeah. Is... Is when there's there's a, a fight towards the end. Yeah. I won't spoil too much. But for anybody who's familiar with Dracula, he knows he has consorts. He usually has three moths with him. Yeah. Three three ladies. That he can feed that he fed on. Yeah. yeah. And then he converted to Islam. No, then he converted <laughs> to um vampirism. So these three things come down the road and they're all in the flowing white and they're all Hey, what's going on? And everybody's like, Oh shit, here's some vampire ladies and Rudy just takes upon himself with a bow and arrow and a cigarette hanging out of his lip to just stroll across the road towards them, unbidden, just says, I'm, I've got this. He walks across the road and they're all like, hey, Rudy, wait, come back. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Yeah, with the fag, the like, fag hanging out of his mouth. his mouth. He's like, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't yeah. I? And he starts shooting him in the chest. Like, that's now such he, a fucking cool ass a, moment. A, you know? a, a fucking a steak. A, a steak yeah. and fires it into the first one. He's like, bang. But in that moment... When he hits the first one, you're like, yeah, keep rapid fire. Mm. There's a look on his face that kind of says, holy shit, like, this is real. I've I just, just did this. I've just, I've just downed yeah. a vampire. Yeah. And the sort of, you can see the realization's face that even though he's a badass, he's still human as well. Yeah. That's I didn't think thing. we'd get so deep about That's Monster Squad, thing. to be honest. Monster Squad, man, there's, there's so much in it to, to, to enjoy, you yeah. know? Yeah, because you have to remember the, the writers <laughs> of it. Shane Black was one of the writers. Yeah. And he did Lethal Weapon, like. Yeah, like, I mean, there, there's a lot in it that was... Uh, you know very deftly done yeah. by fred decker who's the director and because they didn't have the massive budgets to do all this kind of you know uh, uh late 80s action movie stuff like yeah. explosions and this and that they did concentrate a lot on the characters yeah. and there was loads of like subtle stuff like sean's mom and dad like sean's dad is a policeman yeah dell Del and the whole thing between his mom and dad like the, like their marriage is breaking down and you know she had bags in the hall ready to leave and stuff like that but it's not like explicitly explained but you could say that maybe Sean is focusing so much on monsters and he's really bad at his schoolwork because of his home life and, and because of the, into that yeah, world. the volatility he's yeah. retreating into that world and the whole thing could be said to be this is a bit wanky, but it could be said to be like a whole metaphor for Sean having to fight his demons to distract them from what's happening at home. Exactly, yeah. And know? then there's there's a scene where he's sitting on the roof of his house, and from the roof of his house, he can see the drive-in movie. Yeah. So no kid's going to crawl out onto the roof just because. So you'd imagine that maybe he climbed out onto the roof because yeah, they were arguing yeah, to get away from the yelling, yeah. and he saw there was a movie on. You can tune into the the frequency of the... The, the drive-in, the drive-in movie theater. on a radio. So he had that going as well. So you just sit up there with a pair of binoculars and just be lost in the movie. So he immersed himself in all these kind of schlocky horror films of yeah. the 80s. And he wouldn't know if we sort of spoke more about sort of, say, Shane Black or Fred Decker, the, the two guys who wrote it, their relationship with movies and that maybe they escaped into that world. As well. And that maybe the, as, the character hey, of Sean is themselves. As did all of us, man. Uh, yeah, Getting exactly. into comic books, getting into computer games. Like, I'm doing this because, you know, I can't talk to people in real life. Yeah. So I live vicariously through this stuff, you know. His his world then becomes real 
Yeah. You know, the monsters are real. Yeah. And it, he just, he kind of segues into it so well yeah. for a hero to be like, yeah, and monsters like, oh shit, they're real. At no point is he kind of go, oh fuck, I didn't know. He was like, yeah, I fully expected yeah, I, I, this I, to happen. This is my moment. I've been yeah. preparing for this moment. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. That yeah. It's like, he, he, he says often, he goes like, there's monsters taking over my town and nobody believes me. Like reported the police and he, they were ringing the fucking police and like a lazy, you know, fat black yeah. quintessential cop like is like the, the typical like, hello? And it's all like, can you help us? No, monsters. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> shiklacky. Hanging yeah. up the fo- Like, he doesn't give a fuck, you know. Um, and even then, later on, when the werewolf character, who I think is a great character. Yeah, really I, good. I like the representation. So, he's someone, like, like, for n- someone with very little lines, he, he ha- and that's another one of my favorite plot points yeah. in, the, in the movie. It's a Rudy and werewolf moment. But, like, that, that actor had such a deep backstory, it seems, when he was, <laughs> he, he, he turned himself into the police, right? Yeah. Turns out into, into the police says, lock me up, I want to be locked up, I'm going to be a werewolf. And they're not taking him seriously, even though he's ranting and raving. He's crazy. Yeah, he's like, get this crazy guy. And like, they were going to section him. you think if he just went in and said, I did a murder or punch a police officer, he would have went in. But yeah. he was manic. I mean, what you expect? And he wrecked the whole gaff. Wrecked the gaff, throwing people through windows and stuff. And uh, he, he pulled a gun and screams, lock me up. And one guy shoots him a few times in the chest and down he goes. And he gets put into the morgue. Yeah. And then when the moon shines on him, then the, the bullets bang, ping, ping, yeah, pop fucking, out. You can't kill a werewolf with this anything other than a silver bullet. And then he but turned into a werewolf and he went on a rampage. He was just so. such a reluctant werewolf, such yeah. a reluctant monster. He's like, I don't want this to happen. Like a Jekyll and Hyde yeah. kind of, I don't want this to happen to me. So one of my favorite p- points in the movie, like as Ru- as Rudy is ho- like hopping stakes into these... Uh, uh, you know, vampiresses. Yeah. The first one goes in, it's like funk, and she, she hits the ground like a fucking bag of dirt. And he's like, oh, like you can see, like, fuck, this shit is real. And he goes to get another one while still trying to maintain the coolness. Yeah. But he starts to shit himself a little bit. And you can see in the, the way the fag kind of falls out of his mouth yeah. and your wand gets a little bit close. And he's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And yeah. instead of like firing it with the bow and arrow, he gets it and does it with his hand. And he's like, this is fucking too real, man. And just that whole thing of Rudy's like self, uh, self-image self or his his self-esteem. Like, I'm I'm cool Rudy. I yeah. fucking have like white socks and black shoes like Michael Jackson. And, <laughs> and he, nothing affects and, me. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm, he was dressed like exactly like Michael Jackson. He was, yeah. In bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Weird, like. And yeah. he, he comes out and he's, you know, he's that... I'm the old kid, I'm I'm here and I'm helping everybody and I'm fucking deadly and all. And then he gets faced with his own mortality. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. So the bit with the werewolf, and this is a spoiler, but like, you know what's going to happen. The bit with the werewolf when he has, he, like Rudy then, there's a montage in the middle of his class where it's all like, yeah. we're going to make the weapons to kill all the monsters. <laughs> yeah. we got to melt silver bullets. <laughs> And he gets like he, he fucking Steals gets all the, all the spoons, mother's yeah the silverware, silverware and melts it down and makes a bunch of bullets right I, like I don't know how you can make uh, uh, <laughs> how yeah. you can make a silver bullet where you put it into a case and that has like a firing cap and yeah. all this the bullets like, he makes aren't pr- like yeah, he, not he spills really. them all out and they're like full bullets like yeah but they're completely silver but a whole chunk no, of just silver yeah. and it's like when the hammer comes down how does that like propel the exactly anyway. yeah um but yeah he has a silver bullet. And the werewolf is in front of him and he's after ripping lads apart. He's after getting blown up with a fucking piece of dynamite. Yeah. And the werewolf goes everywhere. And, and this like, is a throwback to a conversation he had previously when they were saying, how do you kill a how werewolf? How do you kill him? You can't and kill him like, with anything other like than silver. A car crash or you yeah. can choke him to death. It's like, no, a silver bullet. This is it. And uh, the werewolf stands in front of him. He's like, ah! And, and Rudy looks at the werewolf and he says, bang. And then pulls the trigger. But he surprises himself. Like, you'd see... He does lose the veneer of cool. Yeah. Which is so humanizing. And it's not like this, like, uh, totally, uh, you know, s- disparate fucking hero that's like, I'm, you know, I'm cool no matter what. Yeah, like, it's like those 1980s heroes, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in yeah. Predator, when he throws the knife into the guy yeah, and yeah. says, stick around. Yeah, yeah. It's not like that. Like, I'm, I've killed the guy and now I'm really glib about it. Yeah. He sort of tries to be glib before it. And afterwards, he's like, oh, fuck, I just shot a guy. Yeah, that's the thing. I hope nobody saw. That's the thing. It's such a refreshing, like, weird angle to have on it. And I hadn't seen any, like, there's very few movies that have that Yeah, type he's like of, an anti-hero. Yeah. In a way, because he's the bad boy. But at the same time, when he does something heroic, he's like, oh, fuck. I feel bad. That's, it weighs on him. Yeah, Maybe that's why he didn't do any more movies. Like, yeah, it's like, you know? oh, fuck, I killed, like, three bitches and one werewolf guy. Yeah. But but the, the magic part that he's like, bang, boom, and he pulls the trigger yeah. and the gun, and the werewolf hits the ground. 
and then he turns back into a human and he reaches out and he has like blood in his hand and he, he looks at Rudy and he's like thank you and then he dies yeah. and you're like oh man fuck the emotions the feelings yeah. and just the way he says thank yeah. you as well it's not like thank you he says it and he sort of goes up at the end like he had more to say yeah it's just something always stuck with me because he kind of goes thank you like that yeah like he wants to say like thank you the fucking savior of my life i really it was just you know something he couldn't do or wouldn't do yeah. himself you've stopped my suffering and yeah you know, it's, yeah you know, but it was just really good moments there's those little tiny little and there's a there's an, a little acting choice that like fred decker gives to uh, andre garrow plays sean um at the end he has to deliver the line uh the final line in the movie yeah 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 the clint eastwood yeah line, and he yeah. says you know how will i do it and he didn't want it to be cheesy so just do it the way clint would yeah. So, like, the army shows up and they're like, uh, what's going on here? Who are you guys? He turns around and he says, we're the Monster Squad. Yeah. But it's just, that's the boom. That's the kick at the end of the movie. But it, it could have been really cheesy. You know what I mean? I, think, I of, think it landed yeah. really well, yeah. Um, Andre Gower, who was who, who played the lead character, yeah. uh, who's now 44, uh, he, he had uh, a, a pretty lackluster career after like a movie like that that yeah. we see as that's a fucking brilliant movie but like at the time it was a it was an, a big duck egg yeah and he'd been in like a couple of like smaller ones and been on tv and stuff like that but his acting in the movie as a leader i think he was a natural yeah leader absolutely and his mate patrick then who's who was in a few things uh like children of the corn uh played by robbie keeger um he, like he didn't do anything after 1990 so this movie i think killed the careers of a lot of these actors because it was such a fucking poop fest yeah in 1987 like it was only in the cinema for uh two weeks uh like a bond like an ariana grande concert like it was <coughs> it was done right and uh it only made 3.7 million dollars of its 15 million budget yeah and that's uh, depressing but now it's a cult hit now but i suppose yeah 20 it's no years later now exactly to be a cult hit so they're all going around to all these like comic cons and stuff and, and doing all these monster squad appearances and getting a few bob i guess but yeah. like but if you look at the, ryan lambert is like man i have a fucking i have a band and i don't need to be doing this shit it's like we give you a few bob if you show up all right will i have to wear the glasses yeah okay yeah. i mean i'm in the goddamn club aren't i yeah. <laughs> but, but that's it, it like it seems it seems just so um but even if you look at some of the the 80s dry, kids like, yeah uh, stars even in the likes of et i mean the 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 kid in et yeah. elliot he disappeared for a while after disappeared that. and it, i didn't see him same, as, about same as fred Gannon. savage from wonder years yeah he went behind the camera instead like and you know started the, directing uh, uh all of a sudden in philadelphia and stuff like that yeah. the rest of the development and he was in gold member oh yeah and truly terrible but film but really so bad <laughs> two good things in it though tight like a tiger and uh crepe and a pancake a pancake <laughs> and a smoke but uh he disappeared Yawan, her name escapes Phoebe. me no in et oh um she's in charlie's angels drew, drew, barrymore. drew barrymore she was in that that was a big success and she disappeared and then she re-emerged as well yeah. so it seems like it was a thing in the 80s like the movie like even et even the kids in the goonies for the most part for the most part they all disappeared yeah you know? sean astin maybe stuck around yeah and, and what's his face Corey Corey Feldman yeah yeah but the rest of them sort of it didn't really do much for them like if you got one bad film you were done yeah kind of but sure I mean it's not, not a whole lot different now you know yeah that's true um, speaking about E.T. like Fred Decker put a load of nice at least eggs into the movie and you can see if you're into monster films you'll see a load of like homages to these old uh uh, monster movies like when they meet Frankenstein who ends up being a very positive character yeah uh, in the movie so like the basic thing is like Dracula comes back and he's like I want to take over the world there's an amulet that I need to get and yeah, Dr. Van yeah it's concentrated Van, good yeah but on one night every hundred years it can be broken yeah and if the, if it breaks then the good in the world ends up becoming less and, and evil can take over yeah and he stuff. can plunge the world into darkness so Dracula comes back he's hiding out I don't know where he starts off on a plane his coffin falls out of a plane and he just starts gathering up all these dudes it's kind of inexplicable and well it's kind of a MacGuffin like a, a you have to di- you have to disassociate your disbelief and go like, okay, look, just get into it. Like, right, there's monsters for no reason, but like, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say no reason mm. because the Van Helsing and his crew departed 
from well not Van Helsing but his crew because Van Helsing gets swept up in a in a in a in a, a, a ball of vortex that's I think the exact same vortex from the Evil Dead, but his crew takes the amulet and his journal over to America, and that's where he hide it there, and that's why the journal is there yeah. and the amulet is there. Dracula, having escaped all that shit in Eastern Europe, decides to go to America to be around here for this 100th anniversary of this amulet to break it. It's, so it's, that's why he shows up because on the, on the scene yeah. in the plane... He's being flown across actually in a... It's a, not like, him. A, that's a, Frankenstein. He, he's, on, he's on the plane as he's, well. He, as a bat. I don't think he's in the coffin. I think that's Frankenstein's box and he caused the plane to crash and then the box lands... Because he, he's... Is that not his coffin? I don't think it's, it's Frankenstein. Why no. else would it appear out of the, the, the river, Louisiana? Oh, I thought it was his... Swamp. I thought it was him. No, he All shows right. up because Frankenstein's getting transported. So he comes out of nowhere and just goes, yeah. I'm just going to bomb... It's a World War II plane that's being transported from Europe to America. With Frankenstein like, on with board. With Frankenstein, but it's like a, a museum piece or whatever. Yeah. Flown by um, Tony Soprano's sister's <laughs> ex-husband, <laughs> which is just weird. <laughs> but then he drops Frankenstein... Out of the plane and he lands in the swamp where Gilman, they call him Gilman because yeah. he didn't have the credits to call him the creature from the Black Lagoon. So he appears and brings Frankie with him. Uh, then the mummy shows up because there's a, there's a uh, an exhibit in town. And you wouldn't know because Dracula was pulling the scenes. He had a hearse ready to go. like yeah. He had everything ready to go. He could with a cool pulling, fucking uh, hood ornament yeah, as a skull. skull. And you see that car and it comes out of nowhere and it, then it disappears. And you yeah. don't see it again. You're like, where's the cunt's car? Yeah. Like <laughs> he, he, drives, on he, rental. he drives it across to your man's house and parks it in the front garden. But that's it. Like, yeah. Like a deadly car. Was it not dynamited then? No. It, where, uh, oh, the other guy's car was dynamited. Yeah. Where did he get that awesome Dracula car? Where do you get the Dracula costume? Like, yeah, this is it. But, so I, I'd say Dracula was pulling strings behind the scenes to make sure that there was going to be, the Wolfman was going to be there and yeah. compliant to make sure that Gilman was ready to go, to make sure Frankenstein was going to be delivered, the mummy. to make sure the mummy exhibit mm. was happening as well. Yeah. Or perhaps even his presence was enough to activate the mummy. So I wouldn't per, say it was all chance. just random chance that all these monsters just happened to descend here at this point. He but just sent again, out like a WhatsApp group message yeah. and he's just like, hey guys, get ready. Um, there, there was a couple of little different changes to each character as well because of yeah. uh, uh, copyright budget. So you said like the Gilman couldn't be the creature from uh, the Blue yeah, Lagoon. Yeah, he had to have his, his, his flaps in a different position. Yeah. The head shape was different. And the, the same with the, the werewolf. the chest adornments and all this stuff. Yeah. The werewolf had to look more lupine. Yeah. It couldn't have like a man face. And Frankenstein, who like Dracula is like uh, Bram Stoker intellectual property and Frankenstein is the Shelley yeah. family property. So they couldn't have that thing. So for Frankenstein, um, they had the uh, bolts, the neck bolts that are yeah. traditionally on the neck up on his forehead. Which I think work better. Yeah. Makes more sense. Because it's like, that's where the brain is, right? Because when you're getting like uh, electroconvulsive therapy, that's where you put it. They don't put it on your yeah, neck. on your temples. You know? Uh, so that was enough then to say like, yeah, it's our own creation. Yeah. And then the Dracula uh, hairline, which is, if you've ever watched the monsters, Little Eddie Monster has that kind of point down the middle yeah, of his forehead. It's, it's the Bella Lugosi widow's peak. Yeah, that was the, yeah. the, the quintessential... Uh, uh, I said quintessential four times in the show now, so I'm going to have What's to get a, a new word. word. Welcome to those quintessential guys. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the, the, the widow's peak, the yeah. little point and all, that was taken away and he just had like normal hair or whatever. Still but he had still had the teeth though. Yeah, he still had the teeth. He still had the collar and the cape and yeah, the red the, velvet the and all monster that Yeah, so I mean, like how, how far away from you know copyrighted intellectual yeah. property do you have to get, you know? Well, I think the, I think those monsters sort of more or less sort of... Uh, public domain in a way there were there were property the of universal of them, universal uh i think the actual look was pictures. universal property but yeah. i just say i think frankenstein dracula were properties of so stoker would yes. say yeah not stoker himself he just comes out of his coffin yeah. says yeah you can have dracula you can use the name dracula walk yeah. away but the universe was saying you can't have him look like air dracula yes that's so that the was thing. where the stuff was there um did you know that liam neeson nearly got the I role did. of Dracula and that would have been awesome could you imagine that he would have won <laughs> he would have yeah. been I forgot a particular set of skills I'm gonna I'm gonna bite your neck and I'm gonna suck the blood out of your out of your body it's gonna give me life but it's gonna kill you <laughs> you're like real remorseful Jesus Liam he's like I have a particular set of teeth <laughs> nice <laughs> but that's the thing like yeah. imagine Liam Neeson like a young Liam Neeson being that It'd be fucking scary shit, man. That would be because he is like he was Dark Man. Yeah, and he, he was the ghost in High Spirits. The guy, and he was kind of terrifying that because he looks yeah. odd because of his big slant and slope of a nose. The guy that played him, uh, Duncan Rieger, who, yeah. who's like pretty 
like pretty scary he he, he was is. in a load of tv shows in star trek and Zorro the tv show and loads of tv movies but he was like an olympic boxer and he was a, a a figure skater and he was like super fit so he's just yeah. like he's and just he had twisted that steel and sex appeal yeah and he was a scary fucker and do you read about what he was doing backstage behind the scenes being dracula the whole time he was dracula the whole time. frankenstein was frankenstein the whole time i'd yeah. only talk in grunts but um tom noonan played frankenstein yeah he yeah, he was like method and he went on to play the the fucking the slasher in last action hero yeah and he which was, was in- also directed by and also written by Shane Black. Yeah, he's in he's in loads of stuff. Yeah. He's in he's in Louis in the Blacklist, and he was in um, uh, Cynic Toki, New York, as the the old helper guy as well. Yeah, and he's the guy in the wheelchair and heat that gives them like the four million dollar payoff yeah. for stealing some coins. He's in he's in loads of stuff. He, he is. Yeah, he's a good character. It. He kind of just blends in, yes. but he's a weird looking, but he blends in. in yeah. And um, was he in Manhunt as well? I don't know. He's like that guy from uh, The Hills Have Eyes. You know, yeah. he just, they lob him in there Michael when they need someone. is it? Yeah, when they need someone with a weird face. Just yeah. lob that fella in there. He's someone about six, seven with no hair. You know, do it. <laughs> yeah. But um, the Dracula guy, what he would do backstage is he wouldn't let the uh, the little girl, Phoebe, Phoebe, yeah. Wouldn't let Phoebe. Played by Ashley Bank. Wouldn't let her see him with his teeth or his contact lenses. Yeah. He had to wear red contacts. So he'd be like, whatever. But he wouldn't have the teeth or anything. Because later on, he picks her up. And yeah, he flashes the, the teeth yeah. and the eyes and she even says that the scream that she does in the movie is for real because it's the first time she's seen him like that and yeah. she's only like five or six. Yeah. But it is quite scary. Shut yourself. And that, that line, give me the amulet, you bitch. Remember watching that going, he said the same bitch to a child. Yeah. Why do do that? That's really but it bad. But was, it was kind of real. It, was, it seemed like it was skirting on the edge of, yeah. of not acceptable for a kid to be watching. And I think it just kind of skirts that lovely balance that you could probably watch this with like an eight-year-old. Yeah. And he'd still be like, oh. Oh, look what he said. Yeah. He said B. Yeah. But there was loads of curse words that said like fucking shit. And like even Phoebe is like, come over here and meet Frankenstein. Don't be such a chicken shit. Yeah. And says it like straight away. And I think it gave that authenticity because when we were kids, we were all like, uh, feck <laughs> fecking hell yeah. Carson was yeah. you know part of it but as you got older if you're like 10, 11, 12, 13 like these guys you'd be all like fuck that dick cocksucker yeah. like you'd say that shit and in the Goonies or in any of those things like they'd say those words but in like Mighty Ducks it seemed disingenuous because they yeah. weren't going you fucking fat bastard will you fucking pass the fucking puck yeah you know the, yeah it was and it, that's a testament sports to talk Shane Black and Decker who wrote locker it. room talk <laughs> They were um, they were able to write sort of like let's say adult dialogue for the kids. They didn't dumb it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They weren't written like kids. They were just because when they're having discussions, because I suppose like a child would only talk like a child if they don't know what they're talking about. But if yeah. you've ever talked to like a six year old about like Paw Patrol, they'll know it in and out. Yeah, they'll know everything Every about bit it. Of it. And the confidence that comes across, like even my two year old at home is watching Paw Patrol, and he's like. I mess with him and say, oh, is that such a pup? And he's like, no, that's this other puppy. He drives that. What are you Come even on, talking Dad. about? But it, he's just Dope. so confident because he yeah. knows what he's talking about. And in the Monster Squad, the kids know My monsters. nephew was like that. He was like that with dinosaurs when yeah. he was into dinosaurs. He's like, um, that's called the Trilophopacosaurus. Uh, you dope. Like, real condescending. You're sobbing. Like, condescending. And you're like, yeah. you know, good knowledge. Yeah. Nick's the attitude, bro. It's kids for you, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You yeah. can't. What are you going to do? But they know this monster stuff. They know that stuff. But yeah. the panic in some of them when they were like, come on, cut the shit. Like they were, they'd talk as if real kids would talk to each other rather than going, hey, man, you're, you you know, you're being a real jerk. Yeah. You're such a duty head. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of shit like sickens my crawl when yeah. I fucking. Because kids will talk more like adults when they're alone. together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? Um. So, so some of the other, uh, favorite moments in the movie come from fat kid and yes. I, I could really identify with this guy horace um fat kid was one of these characters like chunk from the goonies or uh you know like uh, uh, the goalie uh, what was the, the goalie's goldberg. name goldberg goldberg yeah from from mighty ducks where he's like comic relief but he's also the butt of the jokes but he also has like a real strong sense of identity yeah even though he's being bullied and it's kind of he skirts that like uh like a dichotomy of like victimhood and then like her- her- heroism yeah and it's a there's a real wide character arc for for horace and he starts off getting bullied by ej by by yeah uh, Wayne, Wayne from the wonder wonders and uh, towards the end of the movie like one of the greatest parts in it is when he finally you know, gets his gets his guts you know yeah and he has a shotgun and the gill man is attacking people and he just goes and the bullies that were bullying him 
were in a shop and they'd locked up the shop and Horace was coming over going, let me in, let me in, they're attacking, let me in. And the bullies were like, no, no fucking way, man. You're not gonna, you're not gonna bring this shit in here. And he's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. You know? And it was kind of reminiscent of Ghostbusters when um, Rick Moranis' character is yeah. banging on the window. Guys, let me in, yeah. anybody? And he turns around and Zool is upon him and he's just, that's me, just yeah. down the window and gone. But it's sort of echoed that scene where Horace is like, let me in, let me in. And you think this could be the end for him. Yeah. But then he kind of goes, no, fuck that. You know I'm taking what? control. I'm taking control of this shit. Yeah. And he gets the police man shotgun, the dead police man says, shotgun, cocks it and fucking blows, yeah. the, blows a hole in the gill man. And then he turns around and the bullies are like, oh my God. And they come out the door and they're like, holy fucking shit, fat kid. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, fat kid, you did it really well. And he just cocks the thing and they're calling him like fat kid, fat kid. The whole Everyone movie, calls him fat kid. The whole movie is called yeah. fat kid. And he's like, yeah, fat kid, yeah, fat kid. And he just goes, <coughs> my name is Horace. And you're just like, yeah, fat kid, good for you. Yeah. Or Horace, I mean. Yeah. But it just kind of shows that like you, you, back, a, you back a victim, we'll say, or something yeah. that you perceive to be a victim, back them into a corner. Yeah. They're going to turn on you. Yeah. So it just, he... Poor Horace had school shooter written all over him. Yeah, I know. But didn't just he? bang, and it was like it. But like, Rudy took down the three vampire mutts and Wolfman. Yeah. And Horace took down Gilman solo. Yeah. So the whole point of the movie is that they have to get this amulet and they have to say like uh, uh, some German words. Yeah. From Van Helsing's diary into the amulet, and it turns it into like a vortex that can suck up all the evil, and then you throw all the you know the 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 Draculas and the Gilmen and the werewolves into this vortex, and it goes into limbo, yeah. which was invented by you know the Vatican to make money. So uh, it's not a real thing. Yeah, it's just it's a totally fake thing. Look it up, and uh, or you can go on thoseconspiracyguys.com and and check it out. We did a Vatican episode about how it's a fucking money making scheme to make guilty mothers of stillborn children pay money to the fucking church it's a tax so, on grief it's a tax on grief so uh yeah they go into limbo and that's where they stay and van helsing has been there for a couple of hundred years while just dracula was, yeah just dracula was going around uh you know making the payments off that cool hearse that he has <laughs> and they have to like say this you have to be a virgin and you have to say the stuff into the you have to be female you have to be female for some reason because yeah. you know and uh, you say the stuff into the amulet and then you throw it in the air and it turns into a vortex and sucks up all the stuff. So uh, the whole point then is that they have to, like Rudy has a picture, took an accidental picture of uh, Patrick's sister, Topless. Which we don't get to see, but I'm yeah. sure there's a DVD extra somewhere. Raging. And he uh, he basically blackmails her and says, you fucking have to do it or I'm going to put this up on the board in school. Which is a bit of a dick move from Rudy. Yeah, but it gets the job done. Exactly. He's, and he, he's the I guy who he, gets shit done. He does feel a little bit guilty about it too. Yeah. He's kind of like, you've got to do it. And then he kind of looks away like, oh, it was just, his fucking character is really, yeah. mwah, it's really it's like, consistent. It, it's, it's like fucking, he's like a young Jack Bauer in a way. Yeah. It's kind of like, just shit needs to be done. Get it done. This is the way it is. Exactly. You know? And uh, he, he, he basically gets her to come along and they meet this guy and they're not the greatest for making up names so they met this guy called Scary German Guy yeah and Scary German Guy lives in a house up the road and uh, you know he I know what the real monsters are and he closes the door and you get to see a holocaust tattoo on his arm and you're like oh shit and then they never address it again (laughs) they never fucking talk about it again but it's just so layered and it's sort of in a way in the 80s they kind of said any kid that watched it was kind of like yeah, there's probably old people. Yeah, they're probably a bit, a little bit themselves. They might have a German accent. They're not necessarily fucking Nazis, though. So it just seemed like it might have been like a little yeah thing of the day, sort of like don't be picking on older people. Yeah, they might for they, being Nazi lived, war criminals. They've lived a life, you know. But it kind of layered. Everybody like that seems movie to have apt a, pupil with the uh, David Schwimmer and uh, um, Matthew Perry. No. <laughs> Could I uh, be more of a Nazi? Ian McKellen, he he, yeah. he played this old Nazi and there was a kid who found out who he was and he blackmailed him into telling him all the, like, it was like fucking uh, violence porn. Yeah. He was like, tell me all the stuff you used to do in the concentration camps. Oh, yeah, Eddie. Like, and when did you develop powers of magnetism? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so so Rudy ends up getting your wand to read the thing. So they meet this old scary German guy and he helps them to translate the, the Van Helsing diary. And he's yeah. like, every 100 years... It, the, the the amulet can be destroyed and it is tomorrow night. Yeah. And you're like, and we just came to you today and it's tomorrow night. You fucking coincidental yeah. old German motherfucker. I think the book he was reading from was called Exposition 101. <laughs> 
and it just ended up being really convenient and the whole movie takes part takes place over 48 hours yeah and on the night they're standing in the car park in the middle of somewhere near a church that they couldn't get into because they wanted to get the holy ground yeah and they're whispering all this german stuff into the amulet and your one reads it another favorite part of the movie your one reads it and, and it gets to the end and he goes where's the vortex and your one's like yeah we need a virgin to read it and he goes you're not a virgin are you and she's like no and he goes what and the, the little brother is like come on read the fucking thing like yeah. he's getting really frustrated and she's like well steve doesn't count and the old german guy is like if you have a dick inside you at any <laughs> yeah. point he doesn't say that the next 25 minutes is just him yeah. describing sex yeah, yeah. with his dried you fingers put it in and you just lick the top yeah and um because i have no foreskin yeah. tattoo on the arm you know it's <laughs> con- you know, continuity um and it just ends up it ends up being like they have to get the little kid phoebe to go is she a version yeah says says eugene and uh they get phoebe to read it <laughs> and the old german guy says unfortunately <laughs> so it was a cutscene. 15 minutes ago yes <laughs> but i thought i was going to be killed by a bunch of monsters so you know free for all yeah try it once yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah so she has to read out the stuff yeah. and she has the amulet and then uh, as you said then dracula comes over while she's after reading out the thing and uh he's like give me the amulet you bitch and it uh, basically just it's like terrifying very scary but the whole point of it is that they're trying to get into dracula's house to get where the amulet is and the reason he's living in that house is because in the basement they have the amulet buried yeah and the house is 666 shadowbrook road so it's a real scary address yeah. already right who named and this place exactly and he had uh he had a bunch of women locked up in the basement they turned into the vampiresses and stuff like that and it just it ended up being some of the some of the best action scenes in that movie were the lads trying to break into the house and like where the werewolf jumps out and they're like kick him in yeah. the nards kick him in the nards it's like wolfman's got nards yeah. which ends up being like the 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 typical uh like the the most famous sentence in the whole yeah. movie is like wolfman's got nards uh which is quite cool from horace now horace uh, uh, as a character really good very strong yeah you know the, the, the shotgun thing and all. on him he, he died that actor died age yeah. 22 from pneumonia in las vegas can you imagine that's that's depressing poor devil he was in a couple of episodes of quantum leap as well and he was in one other movie two years previous to uh, monster squad called moving violations uh, about uh, a traffic school but that was it then he yeah. didn't really make anything after that and died of pneumonia like you're like oh it's, that's it really is, sad it is know? depressing and like an awful lot of people from a movie that like like it if you watch like the movie fucking, you know nothing about it you kind of go that's a great movie but the more yeah. you read it kind of takes on a tragic tinge in a way yeah it failed at the cinema like a lot of people didn't work afterwards it kind of ruined a lot of people's not ruined their careers but like didn't propel them as much as like you know look at the people that were all in you know Josh Brolin and and Sean Astin who were in yeah. Goonies like it's it's kind of the antithesis of that and at the same like released at the same time and had the same you know it just it just didn't hit that mark and at the time it was critically panned because it was like oh yeah you've taken the you know the 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 young teen adventure movie and all the classic horror movies and made a shit version of both yeah and now you look at it and go this is brilliant this is brilliant crack it is it pops and it fizzles it does um there are there are a couple of easter eggs in the movie as you watch it you can keep an eye out um fred decker who, who had planned to make more movies after this but didn't really make he didn't get to do them all because obviously this one uh laid a big laid a big duck egg yeah uh but in in the movie he made before uh, uh monster squad called night of the creeps he he left uh a go monster squad uh sign that was painted on the yes. wall of one of the scenes in in that movie knowing that the next year he would couldn't be, he was going to be making that uh monster squad movie and in eugene's room there's a scene where Eugene calls his dad and goes like, Dad, there's something, there's a monster in my closet. And he opens the closet and there's a mummy in there or yeah. whatever. So on the wall in Eugene's room, there's a poster for Johnny Quest, which was the next movie Decker was going to make. But because of the fact that Monster Squad uh, fucked up and didn't make any money, uh, it never got funding for that film and ended up getting fucked out, which is unfortunate. Oh, yeah, that's unfair. Uh, but if you're watching really closely, you can you can, uh, uh, you can can see all those uh, little Easter eggs. Have you got any other favorite plot points around that you can remember that you for people to, to watch out kick him in the nards kick him in the nards is great dispatching great. the mummy yeah is great and oh, the chase scene, again. yeah really good rudy again got rid of a lot of monsters man he did an awful lot of shit i don't think he yeah. needed to do the lads patrick i didn't think did a lot only no. like look cool yeah 
So uh, we, we have a, a, another section of White Press Play that we do at the end of the show. After talking about all the characters and all their foibles and all their positivity, uh, we do an alternate casting. So yes. if we had other people to play the parts in those movies, who do you think could be as good? Is it back then in the 80s? Uh, I, I think you can have it from any time. If you are to remake it or if you were to... Like, I, I have a couple, but they're from that time. Yeah. But you can have it from nowadays if you want. Jesus. So I, probably, like, I probably would like to see Liam Neeson as Dracula. Just, yeah, that would be class. Just thinking about yeah. it. Um, gee, let me see. Rudy. I'd like to leave Rudy where I was, but if I had to recast Rudy, I would say John Cusack. That's a good one. 80s era John Cusack. I think yeah. you just give it a nice... A nice thing. If not, then maybe Judd Nelson. I don't know. Judd Nelson. I was just going to say from the breakfast. He's club, too big or meaty. He is too. Maybe. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's knows it too big. I think um, I would have picked either uh, young Kiefer Sutherland, like Stand by Me, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Or or an older uh, River Phoenix. Yeah. Like some, it has to have that eighties like smack of like, and also a little bit of tragedy. Yes. Because like you, because you know he's not in loads of stuff afterwards. That's his like. His seminal that's role, his, like that's, that's his, his citizen Kane. Yeah, you know he he, he wasn't that else to poison it afterwards. Like you look at uh, uh, Stand by Me and the the bully character that's Kiefer Sutherland playing, and you're like, yeah, but you were also like in loads of other stuff, and you're Jack Bauer, young and guns. you're you know young, young guns, guns too. like uh, uh, going harder. <laughs> but it was what that's going to happen in this show as well. Just yeah. <laughs> young guns uh, too, guns younger, <laughs> and it ended up it ended up like you know coloring your past performances or whatever yeah um i i think yeah if you had somebody like river phoenix who did it and then died you'd be like whopper yeah nice because it has that there's some kind of a bang of tragedy off of this when you watch this film like knowing the context behind it when you're watching it and takes it out of the realm of being just a shit monster movie into being this guy died for it yeah something like something way the better dark knight I think if Heath Ledger hadn't died, then yeah, that movie I don't think may not have been held up in high esteem. Exactly. Great movie, favorite of the three. But I think that if he hadn't popped his clogs, then people would have been like, "That was great." I yeah. hope he comes back. What's going to be with the next it show? But the fact that yeah. he's gone is like, we'll never get that again. Yeah, it's and never going to happen. It's like a fucking, it's like a, a cross-dressing unicorn. You know, <laughs> uh, there are no, there are no other. Like, there's no real spoilers in this movie. There's nothing that happens that you don't really know about. We concentrate a lot at the end. There's some weird things in it, like uh, why do the monsters gather together? Where does Dracula's car go? Uh, from a really poorly written note from eugene who's like a seven year old or whatever yeah. he writes it in crayon and sends Sent it to the army, army. Men. and and then a fucking load of army people show up at the end when the like fight the is over Guard. yeah and you're like really would you really do that for a child's yeah. letter like n- now now nowadays political climate you absolutely wouldn't yeah so unless it was written in arabic but um yeah I, th- I think that there was a lot of great characters in this a lot of great character arcs and and consistency which is very rare in those kind of 80s yeah kind of teen pop movies it's a movie you can watch as an adult or as a child or with your children yes and still get the same level of, level of enjoyment yeah there's extra things in like, there for like we watched we watched uh, robin hood men in tights with two nine-year-old boys yeah that are nephews uh, uh, sorry and they fucking loved it man like the little titty jokes and all the blind guy uh, uh, reading, feeling the playboy, the braille yeah. playboy, and he's all like, "Oh!" Or Robin comes back and he's all like, uh, "Oh, Robin, you you you've got nice boobs," and yeah. they're fucking baiting themselves to laugh. So like the curses and the little titillations, or Wolfman's got nards, or yeah. something like that. Like shit, someone's saying shit from a nine year old, and you're watching it in the company valley. Like, oh, like it would be great to watch with kids. Yeah, do you know? Unless they're one of these kids that was raised on a screen and they're all like, pew, pew, and you have to have fucking, you know, M- uh, Michael Bay type effects in real yeah. life for to make them pay attention to anything. But um, yeah, so the, the, the final part then for this, for this type of show, uh, we're going to be talking about movies from now on on the show for the time being. Uh, we'll also go into like uh, directorial, uh, like filmography inspections and, and, and dialectics. And also talk about like actors, uh, uh, filmographies and the stuff that they do. And we will be talking about TV shows, sometimes by season, sometimes by episode, sometimes just by genre. Uh, loads of different types. But the mainstay of Y Press Play is going to be uh, movie recommendations just like this show. This one ran a little bit long because it's one of the first. 
um but but uh it was just explaining the stuff at the start and all that stuff to be around between 40 and 60 minutes i think we should keep it as a rule that like the show definitely definitely shouldn't be longer than the movie right? no yeah that'd be... yeah so that's not going to happen um so one of the final uh pieces then for uh out the white press play movie show is one reason why so we have to pick one reason why if somebody was to say why should i watch monster squad uh from steve one reason why you should watch it it's a fun horror film that isn't too scary that you can watch with your kids. Yeah, and it's not like a sensory overload. Yeah, it's, it's, there's no tits. There's no little sex. Bit of tits. There's a little bit of tits. We don't really see them. There's no extreme violence. And I think everything that happens in it is sort of sanitized. Now, fair enough, Wolfman gets blown to bits, but at the same time, it's a Wolfman and it doesn't yeah. really look like a human. So I think it's something you can probably watch with like an eight-year-old and mm. they'll be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And you can watch it and go, that's good action, good jokes good storyline good characterization it has that kind of simpsons uh kind of duplex comedy where there's like the the level for kids and there's a couple of like zingers for the adults yeah and and stuff the great thing about monster squad is if you have some little millennial telling you that stranger things is the piece de resistance of kids horror action you can say, and no, 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 and you can take them back to 1987 and show them the Monster Squad and tell them to shut the fuck up. Exactly. Because watch that and fucking Stranger Things had to have looked at Monster Squad and said, "This would be fucking great." And the I Duffer think, Brothers took it, I modernized think, yeah. it, changed it. I think but those guys are taking like Stand by Me and stuff like Monster Squad and the other Goonies, uh, Goonies Ghostbusters, Poltergeist. Exactly, loads and loads and loads of, re- and there's homages to the whole to yeah. the whole lot in the show you know and i think season two of stranger things is going to bring us a lot more kind of cap tips yeah to uh, uh tips of the cap to to other movies and tv from their time even yeah. like the 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 titles and stuff like that coming in like they're all it's all 80s stuff and it's it, it's supposed to cast you back to that time and this was like peak um you know pre pre-teen cool gang movie time yeah this I think is, there's no all pretense yeah. in this movie Everybody, yeah. everything that's cool in it is cool because it's cool and it's not like Transformers where somebody's shown up in a fancy car and cool special effects and all that yeah. everything in it is is like the the monsters that are in it they're actual outfits and the poor Gilman got an awful leather in, yeah. in his outfit got but they're actual Billy lads clubs. in suits so the you one re- your one reason why is you can watch it with, with a kid of 8 or 9 yeah. and have them enjoy it as much as you did when you were watching it exactly it's a family it's a perfect family horror movie for halloween for a bit of crack or any time and if your kids like stranger things and they're looking for something else in between season one and two this is the real deal okay Uh, my one reason why is from all of these like quote-unquote shitty uh 80s movies this one actually has like quality has quality of character quality of writing and the characters are consistent and you know, it all happens so quickly. The cuts are fucking super fast. There's one cut, like, where, you know, there's a whole setup in a diner. And it's, I think it's, like, four seconds. But they have, like, 40 extras in the whole diner. And Rudy's eating some chips. And they come in and they go, hey, Rudy, do you know a virgin? And it just cuts. And you're like, man, that whole setup just for that one thing. You'd know that it wasn't a director's cut. That, like, Decker had this whole big thing planned out and there was extra bits written and it was kind of all cut out for taste at the time like the characters are really well done and very consistent and if you like a good kind of hero story i think rudy is the star of the show in this movie uh one reason why you should watch uh, monster squad is definitely for uh rudy and and his his performance yeah absolutely you'll be going around on a bmx with <laughs> yeah, like, something akin to a like matches off your heels and yeah it's kind of if I had to pitch it, I would say it's like Lost Boys, but four boys. Yeah, love it. You know? Yeah, we will do Lost Boys as well. Uh, so that's it for White Press Play for this time. Uh, that's Monster Squad, uh, 1987. If you're looking for it online, I, I don't know if it's on Netflix. We, we're not going to be giving recommendations of where to get it, uh, obviously for legal reasons, for downloading stuff, but it's 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 out there. Yeah, you it's, will not, get it's it. not on Netflix. Though. It's not. It's hard to find. Um, so I'd just like to say thanks to Steve for joining me. Thanks for having me. On uh, this one of the first episodes of White Press Play ever. We hope you enjoyed it too. Please be in touch. Get online. Get talking to us. Tell us your favourite parts of Monster Squad. Uh, we're going to be throwing up some memes and stuff like that and definitely a couple of clips of our favourite bits like uh, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? And, uh, you know, trying to uh, throw up a few bits of, uh, um, 
you know, like trivia and stuff like that in a couple of little pictures and memes and try and make it, make it a bit interactive. Uh, if you are watching it for the first time or you're watching it with kids, please let us know how it went. What did they say? Did they laugh? Did they enjoy it? Uh, and if you have watched it already, uh, uh, let us know your, your, your favorite bits. Are there any questions, weird things? That, there's fucking loads of like um, set inconsistencies and yeah. like, you know, continuity problems, but nothing in the writing. The writing is like, Mwah! solid. And then the making of it is like, oh, you fucking, you, you left that bit out now, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, so if, if, if it's not there that you want to get in contact, we're on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Reddit. We have the website, whypresplay.com, and we also have our Discord server. And if you like the show and you want to support us, patreon.com slash whypressplay. Uh, subscribe on Podcast Player and leave us a review. The star, the star ratings of the written reviews, they really do uh, count towards more people listening to it, and people do read those. So uh, please go leave us a review. Uh, that's it for this time. Info at WordPress Play if you want to talk to us about anything. Info at WordPress Play.com. Uh, thanks again, Steve, and uh, good luck and goodbye. <laughs>